what's going on guys welcome on back to second and short the nfl premiere podcast radio show with your host tyler louder the nfl is a business and unfortunately some players don't get everything they want and people have got to adjust and learn from this it can't just be you get everything you want all the time now i get it aaron Rodgers is an mvp in this league multi-time he's won a super bowl he has been one of the reasons that the Packers are able to sustain the success for so long. He's mad they drafted Jordan Love, although it makes sense to me. He's mad that they don't draft receivers early, which they did this year. In the third round, they went out and got a guy, a national champion that I think would be really good for them. And then he just, he just is mad that the general manager is making the decisions he is. And for some reason, he wants to take his poll and he wants to push somebody else out into unemployment. I'm never okay with this. I don't support it. If you're listening to this right now and you're a Packers fan, just know I'm anti-Rodgers on this situation. Um, Here's what Rodgers has going for him. So Aaron Rodgers, over the past couple of years, has had a great offensive line to protect him. For the past like three or four years, I think it is, he's been getting sacked less and less per 16-game average. Uh, And so he's getting protected. He's not getting hit as much. I know about four seasons ago, he did get hurt, but he was out of the pocket. So I don't blame the offensive line for that. On top of that, his entire career, he has had an elite wide receiver that is, you could rank as a top 10 wide receiver every season since he's been in the NFL. Most quarterbacks never get that for more than like three years. And he's had it for his entire career. He took over a team that Brett Favre led to an NFC championship with a 13-3 and record. The next year, Rodgers, I think, what do you win? Like 6-10? and 10? In his first year starting with that, that same roster? And ever since then, they've been tailoring things for him. The run game isn't good. All right, now we got you some running backs. Oh, what's that? The run game is in the top 5, top 10 the past couple of years? There we go. And the defense, oh, the defense isn't playing well. They're, they're kind of bad. All right, well, let's work on the defense and prove it. Now they're top 10. Like, literally, the Packers are, are average at worst or better in all defensive categories. I think their worst defensive category is, like, rushing yards allowed, which is, like, 15th in the NFL. Everything else for them ranks above 15 in the NFL when it comes to defense. So he's provided with all these things that 90% of quarterbacks that have ever touched the NFL field would die to have, and yet he's unhappy. And he wants out. So here's what you do. I just kind of put out a TikTok about this, but I'm going to drop a little more here. Green Bay, you write it out for this season. Simple as that. I mean, he's the fifth highest paid quarterback in the league, and that's only because three guys just got contract extensions. Write it out. Get another winning season under you. Develop some of this other talent. Get Jordan Love ready. Any game that you were winning by more than three scores, Jordan Love goes in and finishes it. That's what you do. End of the season, you trade Rodgers away. You get rid of him. You move forward, and you go out and get what you can. If a team's willing to offer you three first-round picks and a player, you take it. Simple as that. But you can't do this trade now. You couldn't do the trade during the draft because you're putting yourself in a hole at the most important position in the NFL. And so what you do is you get a little bit more out of it. If Rodgers chooses not to play, oh well. He's still under contract. If he's going to leave, you're going to trade him. So it's not going to make a difference. When you get that opportunity to trade him, don't hold back. I know Packers fans and Packers are 
so desperate to hold on to and latch to this amount of glory that they've had for so long. It's been like 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. You guys are okay. Like, you guys have had elite quarterback play for a very long time. Just take what you can get, move forward. Now, enough of Aaron Rodgers. Let's talk about the NFL draft. Now, the NFL draft was very exciting. If you watched it live, there was a lot going on. Fans are finally there. People aren't in their own houses. Like, then they brought up fans onto the stage per pick to kind of like say thank you to the loyal fans of that team. And it was really cool to see those fans interact with Roger Goodell and just like the whole city. It was kind of like weird when like a fan was just like really happy to be up there and supporting their team. And then people booed them because they didn't like their team. But nonetheless, it was a great time. It was very exciting. And I kind of want to break down and go over some of the first round picks that I thought just hit and are going to look good for a couple of years. Now, Trevor Lawrence went number one. Made sense. He could have went number one last year. He could have went number one the year before. However, they didn't let guys come into the draft that early, so he didn't. Otherwise, this guy has been pegged this high for a long time. The NFL draft coverage over the past couple of weeks pretty much ignored talking about Trevor Lawrence because he was that much of a lock. And he didn't get his respects of getting talked at as a college um, prospect turned NFL pro now. And I think it's time we do that. And so for the Jags, they get their first franchise quarterback since, I don't even know. It's been a long time. Like Byron Lefwich, Mark Brunel. Like they're talking 90s, early 2000s been a long time and I think that it's going to they've had these guys that they thought could have been their guy like Blake Bortles but now they're sitting in a position that this team can slowly build and the Jags had a really good draft by the way and there's some questionable picks with the second pick they had in the first round Travis Etienne however Trevor Lawrence graded out as a 90 overall in pro football focus for three straight years even if you love or hate pro football focus they're pretty close spot on with their rankings and their their grades and he just dominated at Clemson for a long time. He took over a team that Deshaun Watson had, and he made them better. Three straight years of making the playoff, a national championship. Literally, they, they, would have, they wouldn't even lost Notre Dame earlier this year had he been playing in that first game. So, really, he made Clemson a powerhouse name. He took over and improved it from Watson. He gets the number one pick here. He gets to work with Urban Meyer. He's down in Jacksonville, and... I don't care if this guy doesn't have a chip on his shoulder because he's that good that he doesn't need it. Now, let's talk about the next pick, Zach Wilson. I don't like this pick. I don't think Zach Wilson fits. Um, this has nothing to do with like me not liking somebody's religion or anything like that, but I do think coming from a very religious background and living in somewhere like Utah, and then all of a sudden now you're going to fly across country and be the man in New York with a team in a city that will eat you alive. I think it's going to be too much for him. I don't think this roster is ready for a rookie quarterback to come through. I don't think he's going to have enough supporting him. Now, the Jets went out and they went offense to prepare. However, I still think they're a little bit of ways. They have a really tough division. It's hard for me to believe that he's going to come in and he's going to compete with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. He's going to go up against Bill Bilicek in that defense. Or he's going to go up against the Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores. These three defensive-minded guys are going to make him have a very rough start to his career i understand going quarterback though to be honest and then the next pick is trey lance going north from north dakota state going to the san francisco 49ers i told you guys a couple weeks ago it was smoke season 
Mac Jones should not have went number three, and he didn't. And good on all these teams for just like following through and not falling into this trap. And I'm really happy with this. I think overall, it's a great pick. Trey Lance is still 20 years old. He'll be 21 here pretty soon. And having a guy that young on a roster that talented, the opportunity is endless for this team to move forward. And I think that they really could be a playoff team in year one. Although I do think Jimmy G starts week, week one. But I think throughout the season, Trey Lance is going to get some movement and some love. Now, the next pick was Kyle Pitts. And this was a, a home run pick for the Falcons. It made sense. I didn't think anything else was going to happen. Uh, there was talk about, you know, people going and getting, I, I don't know, a quarterback trading out of this pick. They got the guy that was number one on their board, probably number one on a lot of people's boards. And I'm, I'm actually really surprised that they just like stuck to their guns. I would anticipate a team like this to jump and just kind of move because that's what they're supposed to do. But Kyle Pitts is a beast. He's going to pair up in this offense really well. In response to this, the Falcons declined uh, Hayden Hurst's fifth-year option. So you know what? Here we are. We're moving and Jamar Chase, number five. So I heard so much talk about everybody saying, oh, the Bengals should have went on and got an offensive lineman. Why didn't they go get, you know, Penesi Wool out of Oregon was right there for him. Why didn't they do this? Well, as I've been talking about, if you've been following along with me, I've been telling everybody this draft is deep at offensive line. If you want to tackle, they'll be there in the second round. Wide receiver, while I think is also deep, Jamar Chase is clearly in a tier above everybody else. Whereas we've seen Kinesi Well get looked at as a number one tackle. We've also seen Slater get ranked as number one tackle. We've seen Shaw get ranked as number two. We've seen guys just kind of move in and out. For me, it made sense. And I'm happy that they actually stuck to their guns and went out and got Joe Burrow, his guy, in Jamar Chase. Now, speed run over the next five picks. Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins. Liked it. Good pick. High upside guy. Penacey Wolf falls to number seven. Lions. Steal of the first round, in my opinion. It's just yeah, that guy should have went number two overall, potentially, in any other draft. Carolina Panthers, they forego quarterback. They commit to Sam Darnold. Fifth-year contract. Fifth-year option. Uh, picked up on Friday. They draft J.C. Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. Amazing athlete, 6'1", 4'3", speed. Then the Broncos follow suit, get another quarterback, Patrick Sertain, the second. A questionable pick. We don't know. They don't really need cornerback. They're pretty stacked there. However, talent trumps over and best player available, potentially. They could have went quarterback as well. And then because of that, Carolina Endeavor take the top two corners. Dallas did not expect that. Dallas trades out. And the Eagles move back up and they get Devonta Smith. For the Eagles, this was fantastic because they moved from six to 12 back up to 10. And what they had to do was by moving down, they gained a first round pick and lost a third round pick and they still got their guy. And I think Devonta Smith's going to look good in Philly. Now, in the teens, we have to talk about the trade. Now, anybody that was here last week that followed along, I dropped my mock draft. And when I dropped my mock draft, I made a prediction that the Chicago Bears were going to trade up. I said to 10, they traded up to 11, and they're going to go get Justin Fields. And they did. 
And I'm pretty proud of this. I'm pretty happy with this. I think that it was a fantastic move. I don't think this wins the Bears the draft because after that, they went on and got a, set, a solid pick in Tevin Jenkins in the second round. But then they didn't have a pick to the fifth round, and I think all their third, you know, day three picks were okay. So let's talk about the miss. The miss of the draft is the Raiders. And this is kind of, I don't know, this is like, just supposed to happen where we're like five years four or five years into the mike mayock john gruden tenure and they just kind of keep making these draft picks that you're like what what are they doing now they don't have to follow everybody else's board alex leatherwood offensive tackle out of alabama for me was a top 40 prospect he's a guy had a a high second round grade on i thought he could have went as high as 33 to jacksonville Maybe sneak in if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wanted to go offensive line. But he goes here at 17. It's a little bit of a reach. However, I fully believe in get your guy, follow your board. They could have probably traded down and still got him, considering that I think there was a better tackle on the board personally. But the Raiders do what Raiders do. And then we see other guys, you know, like I told you guys, red flags won't matter. That's what I told, I told all of you. This stuff will not matter. And it didn't. Like, Micah Parsons went 12. We saw Mac Jones go 15. We saw Caleb Farley go 22. I was correct on all this. I said there was going to be five quarterbacks drafted in the first 16 picks. It was the first 15. Like, I just think that there was so much value here to be had. And now let's talk about a guy that I think was an absolute fantastic pick in the first. That's Rashad Bateman. Wide receiver out of Minnesota. Went 22 to the Ravens. He was the fifth receiver drafted. I thought he was, in my opinion, the third or second or third best receiver in the draft, and he falls. Now, this guy dominated two years ago at the University of Minnesota. And I'm sorry if I offend you, if you're a Gopher fan listening to this. If you can name me the Minnesota Gophers quarterback, you get some brownie points here because I don't think anybody really knows who their quarterback is, even teams, people that follow them. And that is my point on how good he was. With nobody's at quarterback, he was dominating. He came back, played a couple games because he was trying to be loyal to his team. I think all it did was hurt his draft stock. But he looked fantastic in 2019. And he goes to a Baltimore Ravens team where he is the number one guy. And I don't care if you think that Lamar Jackson doesn't throw the ball enough. Or they're not tailored to do this. He is going to be good because he is going to be the guy. He is going to get, in my opinion, multiple targets from like probably about eight targets a game. I just see it happening. So with that being said, let's move on to teams that I liked. And when we move on to teams that I liked, I'm going to just talk about a couple teams and their overall draft that I think they got the most value out of, and they're going to get a ton of starters day one. Teams in specific, not just players, but teams in specific that I think destroyed, dominated, improved the most from this draft. Some of these guys just got great value. Here it is. The corner has turned. Who we thought they were no longer exists. This team has slowly been on the rise and has been a favorite of people to predict to break out for the longest time. And just recently, as of 2020, they finally did. And they arrived into that top category. I'm, of course, talking about the Cleveland Browns. This team 
has a really good roster. They added the right pieces in free agency. They've signed guys to nice contracts to not put a burden on them financially going forward. And it's all kind of coming together. So what does this team do to get over that hump and move past the divisional round and get to the AFC Championship? What do they do to actually win their division outright? Well, they're getting OBJ back. That's a, that's a start right there. Also, they're going to have the tandem of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for an entire season instead of half. That's another start. Another thing is when you have such a good roster, you get to take advantage of other teams falling in love with prospects or positions and you let value fall to you. And that's what they did the entire draft. Let's start. Number 26, they get Greg Newsome, the second out of Northwestern, cornerback. Little grabby, pretty good in man coverage. He's not the fastest guy, not the biggest guy, but he's a really solid cornerback and a guy that'll fit in number two across from Denzel Ward. And I think he's going to pair a nice young tandem for them. And he does everything that they want him to do. He works well in zone. He's pretty good in, in man. He can cover underneath. He's just an overall good cornerback. And then they trade up to number 52 with the Carolina Panthers. And they go out and get Notre Dame linebacker, a kind of do-it-all, big playmaking guy, Jeremiah Awuso-Koromoa, or JOK, which is a great nickname. Like, JOK is more than just that. He is more than just OK. He's fantastic. His little issue is I think he weighed in, what, about 215. He's a little undersized for a linebacker. He's kind of like a big safety. He can play in the box, but he's a true outside linebacker in like a 4-3 system. But really, I think he can move around anywhere. I think that's how good he is. And the fact that they were able to get two starters out the gate is huge. Then they go out and they get Auburn wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. This guy's fast. He's pretty fast. I think he's a little inconsistent. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of his hands. But his speed pairs well with what they want to do to stretch the field. It provides one-on-one matchups on the outside. It allows the team to put some decoy out there and to pull safeties away from the line of scrimmage. Otherwise, they're going to get beat over the top. And when they do that, we have play action. We have, uh, you know, we have this run-pass option where Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to benefit from these guys that can stretch the field. And then they go on to get Cincinnati tackle James Hudson in the fourth round, a guy that I really liked. I thought this guy could have been drafted in like mid early third. I think he has starting, ca- like, you know, he's, he's able to start in the NFL. That's what I'm trying to say. Start on my words right there. He ha- he's capable. And I like that he can play both sides of, of the offensive line, left and right. And I think he's going to be one of these guys that is going to help this team going forward. And overall, it's just they're, they're good picks. The rest of their picks and after that are all depth pieces that fill out. But they get a solid, a solid A. And in my opinion, this was just a really good draft for them. Another team that did really well, and I think everybody agrees with this, um, is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins came into this draft with a ton of picks, like a plethora of draft picks in the first and second round as well as in the future, and I think that this team really set themselves up for success. They went out and they got Jalen Waddell at number six. It showed, based on what we saw, that they probably could have stayed at 12, and they still could have got a receiver. But then at number 18, they get Jalen Phillips, who's really a truly inspirational story. 
this guy was playing at UCLA, got in an accident um, while driving a vehicle. I'm not, I'm not sure the full details on it. I'm not saying like he caused an accident, but I think he got hit and he was kind of deemed that he was going to have to medically retire. And he did that work to pursue music, then decided to transfer from UCLA to Miami and he gets cleared, medically cleared to play again. So he gets to play, sits out a year, uh, learns the system, comes in and just dominates in Miami in one year. And is the high school, you know, multi-star athlete that he was supposed to be before the accident at UCLA. And he goes at 18 to them. And this, this might, we might look back and think that this was a great pick and a steal. Just because he, if this guy didn't have to sit out that year, if he didn't have that transfer window, if he never got hurt and stayed at UCLA, this guy might have been a multi-year big star in college. And he might have made, played himself into the top 10. Yet the Dolphins get him here at 18. Then they come around and they get. Jevin Holland, safety out of Oregon, who was number two or three, it's, it's kind of a toss-up on where I had him. I, I was okay with him going as a, se- as a second safety in the draft, but it would make sense if he was the third safety taking the draft, but he goes first. Whatever. They need an upgrade of safety. It's a solid pick for them. He's going to be a starter. And then Liam, Liam Eichenberg, out of Notre Dame, fell to pick 42. I thought this guy could have been a late first round pick. I thought he could have been an early second round pick. He goes early to mid, like I think it was like 11th pick in the second. And the Dolphins got a starter right there. I just listed off four starters for them. And they had some really nice picks in Hunter Long and even a, a nice little running back in the seventh round uh, in Jared Dokes, who could have a nice role with this team as they've kind of just like passed on the running back position and are just kind of rolling with what they got. Overall, the Dolphins did what the Dolphins are supposed to do, and they were to use a plethora of picks to improve their team. And I've never seen a team like draft multiple years in a row and improve their roster so well that it could make them a playoff contender. And that's what they're doing right now. I think they're going to get over that hump. Another team I talked about on my TikTok, why that had a fantastic draft that we didn't really highlight too much, was... The Minnesota Vikings. Now, they traded down from pick 14 to 23 with the New York Jets. Foregoing, taking Christian Derrissaw, who everybody was like, man, they got to get him. They also passed up on Quiddy Pay, defensive end out of Michigan, who I thought they could have drafted. I thought there was a lot of options for them. But instead, they moved down nine picks, pick up a pair of thirds, and then they get Christian Derrissaw at number 23. Those tricky general managers. They fell down, got the same guy that they should have taken at 14, plus gained two third-round picks. Fantastic move for them. I thought it was tremendous. I really liked what they did. Now, in the second round, let's, let's talk about this, the third-round pick. So they get pick two in the third round, and they take quarterback Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M. Four-year starter, he pretty much is He's like not the same as Kirk Cousins. And I think he has a really good chance of learning from Cousins and maybe in a year taking over. I like Kellen Mond a lot. I think he's going to be good in the NFL. And then with the next pick that they got, I mean, they, they drafted Chaz Sherratt, linebacker at North Carolina. But the next pick that they got from the New York Jets was guard Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State, my number one guard in the draft. They got a steal of him. And in my opinion, they just got two starters on the offensive line that can help protect Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and then they went out and got a nice backup quarterback and a, a nice starting linebacker. 
Like their first four picks were a hit, a hit, a hit, a hit. Simple as that. If you're a Vikings fan, Kellen Mond's going to be exciting for you because either he's going to learn from cousins that you like and be better than he was in college, or you don't like Kirk Cousins and this guy's going to be able to take over for him. Overall, tremendous draft for them. They moved down a couple times and they were able to get lots of picks and lots of value. I, I thought it was very good for them considering the fact they still got guys that they wanted to get. New England Patriots had a great draft. Now, I'm not a fan of Mac Jones. However, him being selected as the fifth quarterback going 15th overall, I do like. As long as he's not getting taken before guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, I didn't care. It made sense for him to go ahead of guys like Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask and, and Sammy Mills. But going here is perfect. He can learn under Cam Newton for a year. The Patriots can start tailoring this offense a little bit for a year. And then next year he can take over and move. It's a great pick. It's a guy that fits with Bill Belichick in his system. It's a guy that I think can play well under Belichick. And having a great coach and then going to the NFL and having a great coach is something that's you know got to be desirable for most of these college athletes. And then they get Christian Barrymore. They trade up a little bit, and they get Christian Barrymore, Alabama defensive tackle, in the top of the second round. A guy that should have been taken at pick like 25, 26, 27, around that range. Falls down to 38. Patriots move up, and they steal him. Just a fantastic pick. Then they go to their third round pick, pick 96, because their other pick was taken away from them. The last pick before the, well, first pick of the conditional picks. And they get defensive end Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma, a guy that I think has such elite athleticism that he is going to be a starter day one, and I have no idea why he fell. Even if you were a team that was stacked at defensive end, you should have taken this guy. That's how good he is. And teams didn't. And the Patriots are going to benefit from this. They just got really good players all over the first three rounds. And I think they had really good depth throughout. And they got guys that fit their system really well in the later rounds. And the Patriots just had a really good draft compared to the past years where we couldn't say that about them. And we kind of thought, mm, they're okay. They're, the draft is fine. Now, other teams that did really well is I, I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers did really well at getting players in place that could start for them. So worried about that offensive line, but they addressed that in rounds three and four. I, I really, I really did like other teams' drafts. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a good draft because they're a team that didn't need anything, and they still got some good players. The Tennessee Titans got some good guys. I'm surprised Dylan Raddins fell to the back of the second round pick. Uh, Dre Fitzpatrick could be a really sneaky, like a Des Fitzpatrick. Sorry, at Louisville could be a really sneaky sleeper pick for some of you fantasy football dynasty guys to get in later rounds. And overall, I, I want to talk about them, but I feel like it's, it's almost redundant, but it's my last show, so I'm going to do what I want to do. Carolina Panthers, I think, knocked this draft out of the park. I might be biased here because it's my home team, but I like to talk about all teams from an unbiased standard, so I'm going to do that here. They decided to forego getting a quarterback. Justin Fields was available. They decided to go J.C. Horn. Now, I don't grade teams based on what they could have done. To me, that makes no sense. You're not going to give me a grade in college based on what I could have done. You're going to give me a grade in college on what I did. So that's what I'm going to do. JC Horn, elite athletic profile. He is literally in like the 1% of athletic profiles. 6'1", I already talked about this a little bit, you know, 4.3 speed. 
He's a little handsy, a little grabby, but he's a great physical corner that I think will play well on this team and will be the number one cornerback. And he will work with AJ Boy, Dante Jackson. I just I think this pair is gonna work really well, this little trio. And they improved and they got a guy that I think is Pro Bowl ability and potentially all pro status. Then they trade down, not once, but twice in the, th- in the second round. And this is kind of the theme. Carolina went in this draft with seven picks after trading away for Sam Darnold, and they ended up leading with 11. And they traded down a lot. You know, Scott, Scott Fritter from Seattle is their new general manager, and if you know anything from Seattle, he likes to trade. And that's what he did here. They fall down twice, and they get Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. This guy's had 23 touchdowns over the past two years, and that's with limited time considering the fact he was hurt. Back when Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson were dominating with LSU in that record-breaking offense with Joe Burrow at quarterback, Marshall Jr. had 19 receiving touchdowns as the third option. And he's going to be the third option in Carolina. He's going to work really well there because DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are going to take away a lot of pressure. Christian McCaffrey is going to take away a lot of pressure. And he gets to come in and just kind of fill that Curtis Samuel role. But he's a little bit bigger, and he's going to be able to beat you down, down over top. He's going to be able to come underneath. And the Carolina Panthers got a steal here in a guy that if he didn't have some injuries, could have been drafted late first round. Brady Christensen, offensive tackle at a BYU. They picked next in the third round. They traded up like a couple spots, uh, giving up a late pick just to kind of move up so they can guarantee they got an offensive tackle. And this guy, he's 24. He's a little bit older. He went to BYU, and he's, he's Mormon, so right out of high school, he took a two-year mission trip, came back, played four years. Pro Football Focus graded him as the number one left tackle in college football in 2020. Again, grain of salt, Pro Football Focus, but still a guy that can come in and start from day one, be a starter at left tackle, compete with Greg Little, and he's going to be, hopefully, hopefully, should be an anchor for this offense for a long time. Then they went back offense, and they got tight end Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame. He's not a great pass catcher just because he hasn't been used like that. Doesn't mean he can't catch the ball. He just, Notre Dame didn't have him in that role. But he is the best blocking tight end in, the, in, in college. And he's going to jump into like the top 10, top 15 blocking tight end in the NFL in a couple of years. He is fantastic. And he's going to be a starter from day one. The Panthers have nobody at tight end, really. I, I like Ian Thomas, but he's not a guy that's, he didn't break out when he had the opportunity. Then Matt Rule's wife calls him tells him to go out and get Chubba Hubbard out of Oklahoma State, who led the nation in all-purpose yards in 2019, then had a down year in 2020. They get him in the fourth round. Davion Nixon, steal. Dante Brown, steal. Shai Smith could be a steal. Bad quarterback play in South Carolina. They even took a long snapper, Thomas Fletcher, out of Alabama. Yes, Alabama is so good, they even have long snappers get drafted. And while it's a long snapper, I get it, he's going to be a starter. JJ has been there for a long time, like 13, 14 years. He's getting older, and Carolina can use another long snapper. Getting a starter, even at a position like that, is still a positive thing. And those are my teams that I really like their draft. Now, there's really nobody whose draft I didn't like. Like, you could say, like, oh, Seattle or Houston. They didn't really have any picks. Hard to dog on them. You know, oh, I didn't like the Jets taking Zach Wilson. But they had to take a quarterback. And they paired him with some offensive weapons and Vera Tucker at guard and Elijah Moore at receiver. And they went on and got Michael Carter at running back. Some good picks there. Overall, this draft was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I feel like even people that aren't huge fans of like stuff like the draft could have enjoyed this, this whole process and the draft itself. And with all that being said, that's the end of our show. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, 
Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can check out this podcast if you missed any of it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Anchor. Anywhere you get podcasts, we are at. This is my last show here at Black Hill State University. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. This is Second and Short, the NFL premier podcast radio show with your host, Tyler Lauder. You guys have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your finals week students here at Black Hill State. And let's go ahead and get back to the music.